Drinks, food, art, fun. This is Hops and Spirits Kentucky. We got a great episode for you this week as our Q&A is with Broussard's Delta Kitchen out of Georgetown, Kentucky, bringing a little bit of that Delta flair from the bayou up to the bluegrass, Central Kentucky region. But before we get to that, let's see what's pouring around Kentucky this week. Registration is now open for spectators interested in purchasing tickets to the 2024 PGA Championship, which is returning to Valhalla Golf Club May 13th through 19th there in Louisville, in the greater Louisville area. Those interested in purchasing tickets or learning more about the championship should visit pgachampionship.com backslash register. Although registration does not guarantee access to purchase any or all ticket types, Participation in the PGA Ticket Registry will provide individuals with the best opportunity to be there in person. As the purchase windows approach, registrants will receive direct communication on how to access and purchase available tickets from opening Monday to Championship Sunday. Also, the volunteer registration for the 2024 PGA Championship will open April 17th. Uh, These positions are very limited and will fill quickly, according to a press release. Uh, to receive more information and be notified when volunteer registration begins, go to pgachampionship.com uh, backslash 2024 backslash volunteer. In the Bluegrass area, tickets are on sale for the 2023 PGA Tour Barbersall Championship at barbersallchampionship.com. The tournament will take place this year uh, from Thursday, July 13th through Sunday, July 16th at the Champions at Keen Trace Golf Club in Nicholasville. Louisville Taco Week returns Monday, April 17th through Sunday, April 23rd. The annual Foodie Week features $2.50 tacos from participating restaurants. Check in at four locations on the app to be entered to win prizes. More information and how to find the app are at tacoweeklouisville.com. Tickets are on sale for the Summer Beer Fest at Fraser there in Louisville. The third annual festival will be, will be back on Saturday, July 29th from 5 to 8 p.m. The Main Street Block Party there in Louisville will feature 200-plus specialty beers, food, retail, live music, and a fun zone with games and activities. And in Lexington, the breezeway of the old Rick House in the distillery district there has received a little facelift thanks to District 7 Social. Now there's expanded seating outside to enjoy your beverages in the Breezeway Beer Garden. Uh, Be sure to keep your eyes peeled for the new mural that's currently in progress as well. And Condado Tacos, which has a location at the Summit at Fritz Farm in Lexington, is opening its first Louisville location in Oxmoor Center there on Shelbyville Road. That happens this week on Thursday, April 13th. Condado will be right next to the Top Golf, which opened in late 2022. But up next is our Q&A with the Broussard's Delta Kitchen and chef owner Greg Scott. Hear his story of how he ended up in Georgetown from the Bayou. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here for our Q&A, he's the owner and chef at Broussard's Delta Kitchen in Georgetown. Let's welcome in Greg Scott. Howdy. How, how are you? Um, just another day in paradise, you know. I mean, the building's not on fire yet, so we're doing okay today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing, and, and and I think we'll have some fun chatting about, you know, everything you've got going on there and your your career journey. But before we dive deep into all that, the Cliff Notes version of a little bit about yourself. But like I said, I got a lot of questions, so don't give away too much just yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, personally, I'm originally from Annapolis, Maryland. 
um, in 73 when my, uh, my father was an instructor, Naval Academy, and he, he retired in 73. And, my, and of course, my parents kind of split up then. My mother is from Harlan County. And we wound up moving here with my mother to Lexington. And my dad went back home to Louisiana. And I spent all my summers down there at my granny's house. And of course, as soon as I got out of high school, I was, boy, I was a gone pecan, let me tell you what. And I lived most of my life south of I-10. You know, I spent, um, I went to culinary school in New York and did an apprenticeship over at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. And one of the chefs over there, one of the instructors kind of took a liking to me and he went to work down at the Boca Raton Hotel and Club down in Florida. It's just massive yacht clubs, like 2000 rooms in the hotel and such. And it's on par with the Greenbrier actually. And he hired me as the uh, banquet chef down there. And about a year after I was there, Ritz Carlton Hotels was on an expansion trip and they purchased the yacht club. So I became one of their employees and I did that for about 22 years. And, you know, it, the good thing about it is I got to travel all over the place back then. That was before the internet. We had the intranet, which was corporate deal. And I could look up on the job board and I'd see that, Hey, they need a chef in Mazatlan. I'm going to see if they'll let me transfer. And they did, you know, so I spent, but you have to stay for two years. And it was great two years down there, but I was, I was looking for a change. And then I wound up in Chicago, which is like two of the worst years of my life. I'm not <laughs> kidding you. I mean, the job was great. The hotel was beautiful right on Michigan Avenue. It was terrific, but they get like 11 and a half months of winter and two weeks of not quite winter, you know, and, and I didn't much care for it, you know, so I transferred out of there as soon as I could. But, you know, after a while, I retired entirely. And then I bought a, a country inn in Virginia, out in the Shenandoah Valley. And I did that for a few years. And then somebody walked in and offered me more money than I thought, ever thought I'd see. So me and my partners got together and we were like, well, yeah, you know. And I retired entirely. And I came here to Kentucky. I went to work with um, a friend of mine's dad who was... Um, a driller down in Southeast Kentucky in oil and gas exploration. And I worked with them for a while, right about the time that oil went to a hundred dollars a barrel. And I made so much money in short period of time. I was like, well, I don't really have to work anymore. You know? So I decided not to, but after sitting on the couch for about seven or eight years, I mean, you get all caught up on Oprah. I mean, you get to the end of the internet and the highlight of my day was Jerry Springer coming on at 11 o'clock, you know? <laughs> so I decided it was time to do something. And I, I bought a little uh, ice cream parlor pizzeria place down in Wilmore. And I did that for about three years and it became very successful. And it was actually like working again. And I, I decided, well, if I'm going to work again, I want to get paid because Wilmore has like 3,500 people. There's, there's kind of a, a ceiling to your income down there, you know? And so I came here and I opened this place and it's, we've been open four years now. Be, well, be five years, no, four years in May. And it's doing pretty well. I'm pretty happy up here. Well, and I, and I was going to say, I mean, what, you know, your owner and chef. So what are your roles these days at the restaurant? Well, I try to do as little as possible. 
you know, but it doesn't always seem to work out. Um, I mean, every time there's, there's someone can't come to work or, or they're sick or whatever, I get to do that. Sometimes I'm the dish guy. Tonight, I'm salad and dessert guy. You, you know, I'm supposed to be the bartender tonight, but they're going to have to be on their own because I got to be salad and dessert guy. Essentially, I'm, I mean, I'm the general manager. But I and I have a very good sous chef that I've trained he, that he came to work here. He's been with me a year and a half and he really taken the reins here. So he pretty much runs the kitchen. I just fill in wherever necessary, you know. And of course, I make the special every day and I come in and I, I show them how I want it done every time we redo the menu, which is about every two months or so. I get bored easy. <laughs> you know, and so I teach them the new things and we try to advance on our menu where things are a little more complicated each time, at least from the chef's point of view. It keeps it interesting. And these these young guys that have been working for me for a couple of years now, I mean, turnover in the restaurant business, three to four hundred percent a year. I have the same people I started with four years ago. So we got to be doing something right. I mean, these young guys back here, they, they're learning new things every day. They're enjoying it. They're career-minded guys, you know, and they know that here they don't have to work that hard, but they get to learn something new every day. And I don't yell much, you know, and we, cl we don't close at midnight, so they get home at a decent hour. I mean, it's a pretty good place to work. Well, and I love your story, too, because I believe you, you got into cooking and learned – a lot from your granny, uh, Verna Broussard. Yeah. When I was a little kid, <clears throat> after we moved here, I'd always spend, well, even before we moved here, I'd always spend my summers down at granny's house. She lived in Chalmette, about 40 miles east of New Orleans on the shore of Lake Bourne. And granny was, she was a big deal in her neighborhood. You know, I mean, it, there would be the whole, everybody within a, a mile of each direction along the, the beach always came to granny's house on the weekends and she put on these great big suppers and all this kind of stuff and being a little kid obviously i wanted to help you know and 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 granny wanted all the help she could get <laughs> and i'm trying to remember i think i started out on dinner rolls and butter and stuff like that when i was about six you know but i learned a lot of things from her and I never really thought it was something I was going to do my whole life. It was just, I enjoyed hanging out with my grandmother and cooking. And I, as I got to be a young man, I enjoyed the fact that girls like it when you cook. <laughs> <laughs> they just do, you know, and then eventually, and, and I went to college and then I, I didn't want to have to get a job. I was wanting to be a professional student. And so my mom put up with it for a while. And after about six years of college, then I decided I had to go to culinary school, you know, because it was some, I'd been doing it since I was a child. I mean, every job I ever had was in a restaurant to that point. After culinary school, I tried to convince my mother that I needed um, a PhD. She said, no, son, you need a job. <laughs> so that's how I wound up at the Greenbrier. I mean, it was the nicest place I could find. And of course, the school hooked me up with that job. So, and it was a formal apprenticeship. And it's been this way ever since. 
You had to learn earn a different three letter thing, a J O B, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was sad. I really wanted to be a professional student. I was good at it. <laughs> and and to think now now you're you're giving back and, and teaching and so forth. And you know, along along your career with Ritz Carlton, you know, you, like you said, you got to go see a lot of different places. And I believe it was when you got back to New Orleans that you kind of found that re re love or love again for Creole cooking. Well, it, yeah, it turned out that way. I mean, I, I, I missed going to New Orleans and all that. And, and, you know, I lived in California for a while. Like I said, I lived in Chicago. I lived in Mexico. I lived in the Caribbean for a while. And I liked all that kind of stuff. But the opportunity, the very first time I was ever the executive chef was the opportunity in New Orleans. And there was no way I was going to turn that down. So when I got there, the background that I had in the way I knew how to cook, and I, I obviously learned French right from the very start, it worked out really well. And I spent six years there, and I was very happy there. I really liked it. Um, but we moved to D.C. after that. And after a, now that I've got this place open, when I, and when I closed the pizzeria in Wilmore, I knew that if I was going to open another place, this is the kind of food we're going to do. I mean, it's what I enjoy the most. It's what I know how to do the best. So it, it worked out that this is kind of made, became home really quickly. You know, I mean, in New Orleans, I was really active in the, uh, in the American Culinary Federation. It's a kind of a chef boys club, you know, which was really good. I really enjoyed that down there. I got to mentor a lot of young guys. I mean, it seems to me that, that my two favorite parts of being a chef is one, teaching these new guys how to cook and, and seeing them learn and progress. And second was being on TV. You know, <laughs> I love that part. When I got to DC, I, I had a regular television show on the weekends on the public channel. And that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that part, you know. Hey, nothing wrong with that that at all. And and obviously, when you you settled on you know the the Delta style kitchen and that kind of stuff, it had to be that the name of Broussard's. I'm guessing there was no other choice. Well, I kind of liked the idea of somebody's Delta kitchen. It could have been Joe Smith's, but it occurred to me that it's my family's name, you know, and. Grandma taught me how to cook, and if she hadn't done that when I was a little kid, taken me under her wing and showed me how to do so many different things, I wouldn't be here to begin with, you know? So it just, it seemed kind of a natural to me. I thought about calling it Boudreaux's, but, <laughs> but that's a little overdone, you know? And this name is actually attached to my family, so it kind of worked out. Well, was it a hard sell, you know, you know Georgetown, Kentucky, you know, kind of going with that Delta style of food, you know, I think you go all the way from what Mississippi all the way down to the Bayou is kind of where, where your range is. <laughs> Was that a hard sell to Georgetown? Well, it, it hasn't been easy. Of course, at, at first, in hindsight, opening a new restaurant that's not exactly cheap at the onset of a worldwide pandemic was probably not a good idea, <laughs> you know, but the first six months we were open was before the, the virus really hit all that art and we were doing exceptionally well and we're still trying to recover from, it. 
the virus at this point. We're almost back to the level we were pre-pandemic, but not quite. And it's been difficult. Now, as far as, as Creole foods in Georgetown, I mean, this is a small town. And the very first menus that I wrote here were very, very, just very basic Creole and a little basic Creek Cajun. You know, we have an etouffee, we got a jambalaya, we got shrimp Creole, things like that. And as menus have progressed, they've gotten more complex. They are not such so much hardcore Creole or Cajun, but we're using those same techniques. So the flavor profiles are very similar, except the food is, is not that real hardcore Cajun stuff. I found the, the problem being that if you have a group of four that wanna go out for dinner, three of them love this kind of stuff. And one of them's like, has heard the story, oh, Cajun is hot, well, it's not, but they don't wanna go. So all four people don't come here. And in a town of 35,000 people, that is death to a restaurant. So we've had to expand and widen out a little bit. And it, it breaks my heart every time I sell one, but we sell cheeseburgers. <laughs> like, okay, if that's what you want, this is not the kind of place I would go to get a cheeseburger, but if that's what people want, that's what I gotta make for them. On our menu, if you don't see something on there you want, just tell your waitress what you want. And if we have the ingredients and you don't mind the weight, we'll make it for you. It's not a problem. I mean, we do that all the time. We have people that come in, want something entirely different. I had a lady ask me for something Chinese one time. Well, I made it. <laughs> I made her something. <laughs> I got soy sauce back there, you know, and I got a few, I got some fish sauce and a few other things. That was the most weirdest thing. But I also have regular customers who come in and want to order something that was on the previous menu. Well, of course we'll do it. We'll make you whatever you want. I mean, it, our motto is we're willing to make anything you're willing to pay for. <laughs> it's that simple. I mean, we have a big repertoire. I mean, I've got a hundred different chicken dishes floating around in my head. You know, so we're, we're pretty accommodating. Uh, I like that. Yeah. It's, it's working out pretty well. And you know, you, you kind of touched on it. So basically when folks get there, they can expect to one kind of get a unique meal because the menu does change, but if they're, there's something that they're craving, they might have that option as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we don't have any problem with substitutions or asking for things that aren't on the menu. We don't care. We'll fix you whatever you want. You know, the whole idea behind this joint is to come in here and have a good time, pass a good time with some friends, have some drinks, have some dinner, and just have some fun. And there's really no restrictions on anything we do here. And, and you touched on this, too. Obviously, it's been a, a tough time in, in, in the restaurant industry. I mean, from the, the shutdowns and, you know, places struggling to sometimes get back to where they were before as people get got used to doing things a different way, but for you, you've, you've kind of mentioned it. You've been able to keep staff. You've been able to kind of keep plugging along. What's kind of been the, I guess the, the secret sauce on that for y'all. Well, I, I pay better than anybody else in town. 
I mean, I just do. I know how much the other restaurants pay. But that has always been the case for me. And I've, I've never really had staffing problems throughout my entire career. And I've had a lot of the corporate chef will come in. I can't believe you pay these people this much. And I'm, and I'm holding up my other hand. I'm, how big is my turnover? You know, and the fact of the matter is, is that my entire labor cost is generally lower than the other hotels in the system because I get more done by three people that they get done by five. Okay. We're very cautious and careful about who we hire. You have to really be, if this is just a job for you to make a couple dollars, it, this isn't a place for you. So we have dedicated people. I pay well and I don't yell at them. <laughs> you know, and no Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no yelling. There's no throwing stuff. Look, when I was a kid coming up in my early 20s, chefs were these little little short French dudes that threw stuff, you know, and I've had my fill of that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, I, and I always knew that if I ever got to be the chef, that I would not act like that. And I certainly don't. And the people who work for us, I mean, some of the people who work here, their whole damn family works here. <laughs> I mean, my dining room manager, her daughter works here. Her son-in-law works here. Two of her grandkids work here. You know, um, the bartender, our original bartender, Lori, two of her sons work here, you know, and people are happy here, which, of course, makes me very happy. <laughs> well, and usually that, that extends to the customers being happy because if if people are happy, food's usually good, and, and then it trickles down. And and I know when people get there, you're open, I believe, what, Wednesday through Sunday with uh, lunch yep. on Saturday and a brunch on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. We do a brunch buffet on Sundays, and it's really good. I mean, there's the full line of breakfast items just like anywhere else. But um, the dinner items, there's there's at least six Many things off their dinner menu on there also. And those change every 20, 30 minutes or so. Not a wholesale change, but a couple of them will change every 20 or 30 minutes or so, depending on what I have on hand at the time. I don't really order anything specifically for the brunch. We use what we have on hand. And we try to combine them in a little bit different ways. So it's not the same old, same old every week. Because we have a very loyal clientele here in Georgetown. And we draw people from Lexington. People come here from Owensboro or Owen, whatever the Owen thing is north of here. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the town. People come here from Paris and, and that kind of stuff, particularly on Sundays, you know, because they get the opportunity to come in and they can taste almost my entire menu, you know, which is a pretty good thing. People have fun here. Well, that, that, that's a good thing. And like you said, that's what people want, want to do when they go out. They want to have a good time and have a memorable time. And, and I'm guessing is, you know, with the dinner crowd through, through the week, you know, toward the end, reservations required, walk-ins welcome as well. How does that kind of work? Yeah, we don't, we don't take reservations. Uh, parties are 10 or more. The problem that I found the first year or so we were open or the first before we got locked down, we're a small restaurant. I mean, we see 80 people plus 14 people at the bar. And when people don't show up for a reservation or we've got a whole bunch of people waiting for a table and they look around and, and they can plainly see these open tables just kind of sitting here. They get angry. 
they leave, they don't come back. In New Orleans, every restaurant in town, try to get a reservation. They don't take them. They simply don't. Even the places that are worldwide famous, they don't. Commander's Palace will take a reservation, but nobody else will. You can stand outside with everybody else and wait. Now that that's a good philosophy. I I, I like that because then, you, like you said, usually uh, everyone knows how long it's going to take, and and uh, when there's an open table, there's an open table. And I'm guessing this last question for you is going to be a fun one because it seems like you enjoy having fun with the menu and trying new things and doing new things. So as we're into spring, hopefully, you know, mother nature, you know, in Kentucky can, can be fickle sometimes. Um, and then obviously heading into the summer, you got anything fun up your sleeves for the menu that you can tell us or maybe uh, tease us about? Well, this Sunday, of course, we have the Easter Sunday buffet. Um, and it's, it's, Events like this, like Mardi Gras Day, Easter, and Mother's Day, people are lined up down the street waiting to get in. So I suggest you get here early and get on the list. We'll take your phone number, and we'll call you in an hour or two when we have a table. Uh, new menu will start next week. Um, it's spring. We're trying to bring on some new stuff. I'm trying to put together out here on Court Street, you know, right here by the courthouse where they, they will shut it down and put up a van stand out there. And I'm trying to put together something similar to the Lexington Night Market over there off Loudon Avenue. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of connections in the art world. Um, and I have a lot of connections in the music world. And I've gotten with the city council. They'll allow me to use their bandstand. They'll put the porta potties out there and all that. So I'm hoping this comes together this, this summer for one weekend of the month. I mean, I envision artist booths all around the courthouse and then here just outside my door, you know, food booths and, and food trucks and the band playing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've invited every restaurant in town that I've talked to and they're all interested in coming. Um, and Country Boy will come over here and sell some beer. Uh, the bar is mine, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm having the bar. But I would like everybody else to come and bring their food trucks or booths or whatever. And I think it'd be a really good thing for Georgetown. You know, the city council seems to be on board. We're going to see here at the next meeting if it's going to go through. I certainly hope so. We need something like that. Here. I was going to say that would be a, a fun way for folks from around the area too to to get to check out Georgetown and check out all the the places there and and it, it seems like you you have an affinity and a love though to help everyone you know in a sense it's it's what's good for one is usually good for all and and that's cool to see and if people want to keep up with whatever may be on the menu whether this uh, the little night weekend market can happen what's the best way to do that well on on my Facebook page. Um, Bruce Hard's Delta Kitchen. Every day you'll see today's special be posted with pictures and descriptions and all that. And I have a very conversational style with that Facebook page. I mean, I'll ask them questions, you know, hey, this is what I'm thinking about for my new menu. What do you think about this? Or I'm thinking about this day or this or that. And I usually get a pretty positive response. Um, I also have my own website bruceardsdelta.com and it'll list everybody oh today's special anytime there's a menu change and it's you can join the loyalty program and all that kind of stuff um 
but our Facebook page is our, our main conduit to all of our people. Well, that's a perfect place. That's where I found, found you as well. And, and Greg, thanks for sharing your story because you got a fun one. You've had a heck of a career. And, and folks, if you can, check out Broussard's Delta Kitchen there in Georgetown. Thank you. I appreciate it. This was fun. <laughs> Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com.